0: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Borough purchase at borough.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash ACAST.
1: Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. And this episode is Dev from IDOLS this was uh this was great i i got to uh go on a a bit of a trip i got the train down to bristol and i met with dev at the exchange which is a venue that he used to manage and uh it was really cool before we even pressed record we we got chatting about these kind of great small live venues that you know that are become the lifeblood of the sort of live and creative scene in, in, in your town. And, and and obviously, I've worked at, at one for 20 plus years um, that does something very similar to, to what Dev was doing at the exchange. Um, and so, yeah, we had a really good chat before we even got going. But um, unfortunately, you're not going to hear that. You're just going to hear what we spoke about when we press recall, which was equally as great. Um so before we get on with that chat, I just want to say um thank you to Scribbus Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. Thanks obviously to Dev for giving up his time and having this chat. Thanks to you lot for listening. And and if you, you do enjoy this listen and this perhaps the first time you've you've heard this podcast, please have a look in the, the back catalogue because you'll see over a hundred episodes with musicians producers actors artists and and we just have a really nice chat about their creative journey today and the the songs that have soundtracked it but um but let's get back to the job at hand anyway and uh and that that that's uh well all that's left for me to do really now is say please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with dev from idols i've got an announcement save our souls clothing www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South on sea just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fair Wear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk. Official sponsors of Off the Beaten Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off the Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we're recording. We are at the Exchange in Bristol. And sitting opposite me today is Deb from Idols. Hello. You all right? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So you were telling me that um, you used to work here uh, for a fair few years.
2: I did, yes. I used to be the, the general manager or or a good impression of a general manager anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. So
1: have you gone from, are you now Dev from Idols rather than Dev from The Exchange? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I,
2: sometimes I get kind of Dev from this place and Dev from that place, but yeah, mainly from Dev from Idols, yeah.
1: Lovely, that's a good place to be. <laughs> yes. Um, firstly, thanks loads for giving up your time today. Thank you for, and, thank uh, you for asking me. Oh, mate, this is uh, this is exciting. And the, the, When I got your list of songs over, I was pretty damn sure we're going to have a good chat because there's some some real crackers on there and for track one Dave can you tell me the song with the greatest ever intro please
2: uh, that, in my opinion uh, in my humble opinion I should say is Interpol Untitled um, that record and that track in particular just uh, it's just so stunning and it sets a mood and you know that you're in safe hands with yeah. the rest of the record with yeah. that track yeah, it just blew my mind when I first heard it.
1: And I think, like, that, that was just one of them bands that it, it felt like the minute, I think, PDA was maybe the first single. Yeah, it? yeah, I think and so. I, and I think, just heard that, and then all of a sudden, it was just, like, in Interpol. They were everywhere. Yeah. And it was, when that album dropped, and that, I mean, that's an opener, isn't it? Yeah, it's, like it's
2: stunning. Like, it's absolutely stunning. I, like, all the, uh, there was that kind of New York, all of that, st- uh, all of the New York stuff coming out at the time was very much either the retro rock and roll, yeah. or you know you had the DFA record stuff, which I absolutely love as well. Mm. Um, but there's just something about that kind of the bleakness of that record. It just set. It just. I hadn't been to New York at the time, but it painted such a vivid picture yeah. about the, the this what the streets would be like at night time yeah. and things like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a very special, special record to me. That one. It's quite. It's,
1: just, it's got that almost that sort of Berlin coldness about it. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful record. So it's,
2: there's just so much space there, you know, and there's like a lot to be said about kind of leaving space in a record that kind of adds more weight and power. And I think that that's like one of the one of the prime examples of how much. Um, yeah, negative space can, like, really kind of lift,
1: lift the tune, you know. Okay, so when you approach intros, like, and, and, and also if you, I mean, Turn On The Bright Lights is a, a prime example of a, an album that is a, a body of work. Um, and so what I want to ask is, when you are writing... And you're, you're working on an, an, an intro. Like, how much emphasis do you put on intros now as due to the way that this is a loaded question here, mate? Um, as to the way that people listen to music now, whereas it's so fast and like cherry picking tracks, yeah. Do you still want that opening track on an album to be something that sets the premise for the rest of the yeah, record?
2: 100, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, um. You know, when you write a track, you you like we kind of s- sometimes like write to spec or be like, right, we need a we need an opener, we need something that's going to grab people's attention. Um And when you write it, you just know you're like, oh, that's the opener of the record. Yeah. There's just something about it. You're like, right, that that sets the tone for the, for what's going to come next. You know?
1: Yeah. I think I, I don't know. But I'm I'm, I'm going to ask this, but I think I know the answer anyway. But with with um when you put in together the, the the track listing for the album, you know historically b- before Spotify and, and and streaming services, albums were almost you know a, a body of work, mm. a piece of art, and I imagine it's very much still the case with Idols that that yeah. album is not to be like, well oh, just cherry pick these tracks. It's like no, this is a, well, a piece of art.
2: You know you that's what you intend it to kind of be, be seen as. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> that's not the way it goes all the time, but. You know, it's uh, it definitely is the is the way that I personally listen to music is is in the whole you know album and yeah. it's just something about it you know it, it's it's not been bettered
1: yet. <laughs> and I think it's like if you do listen to tracks like that and you've 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 spent years listening to tracks like that, do you still find that if you hear a song? You just think, "All oh, right," and I was coming next because it's so ingrained in my head that yeah. that track is followed by that, whether that was on an album or even on a mixtape. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, I remember kind of buying like all the Shine albums like, yeah. in the '90s, and there was like compilations of all these tunes and then you'd go and buy like you know Supergrass's album, and whatever track would come on, and it's one of their tracks, and not one from the compilation it was yeah. just so confusing to me because I got so used to like that yeah. running order of like how it went but, Yeah, yeah it's um, yeah very very strange those compilations and stuff I,
1: uh... but I think like I think like them shine compilations A if you was an indie DJ they were a really good thing to have in your back pocket yeah. because it was all the hits yeah. but it's also you know the, the, the first album I ever owned was the first ever now that's what I call music yeah and do you still have it? yeah and, uh, and I won't do it, but I could tell you the track listing in its entirety because I'm a nerd. Oh, um, all right,
2: what's, cha- what's track nine?
1: Track nine is Double Dutch by Malcolm McLaren. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be googling that after just to see if that's actually the case, you know? That's very impressive. <laughs> but, but for me, like, I do think that the compilations have got that. It's a, it's an entry point, isn't it? You yeah, know. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's like you know, you you just stick Spotify radio on and it goes through your algorithms and you end up coming up and it, it gives you some great bands that you wouldn't ever have heard of or great artists, yeah, um, that you wouldn't have heard of. And there, you know, it's it's a, like you said, it's a great entry point into getting into into bands, you know, and and these little snapshots, and then yeah. from there you go back and you find out all these. Weird EPs that yeah. they've done before they've released their first record and stuff like that.
1: Okay. Track two. The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you.
2: Ah, uh, so that would be Tears for Fears' "Shout." Okay. I um I remember when I was about two, maybe three years old. It's one of my first ever memories, and like I lived in this house with my mum, and she was just playing. Uh, the tears for fears record and i just remember there's something really powerful and sad at the same time and, and uh, you know you can't express anything when you're that young but i just remember it made me feel very very strange and uh in a good way in a yeah. good way and it's you know i love that band and it's still one of the tracks that i kind of go back to now
1: it's sir. Uh it's a powerful record, isn't it? It really is, And yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a call of arms, I think. And, and I think it sounds quite a lot different from everything else on the album as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, have you seen the recent documentary that just I put did, on yeah, the on I did, yeah, on BBC4, yeah, yeah. What did yeah, you reckon? Yeah.
2: I thought it was really interesting and, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't... I never really, did, like, looked back into, like, the history of the band or anything. Yeah. I just kind of accepted Tears for Fears as Tears for Fears. I, yeah. You know, I didn't even know that you know, one of them played guitar. Yeah. All I thought of was that they just stood on the edge of a cliff. So yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> I've done that as well, mate. Yeah, yeah. But, um,
2: yeah, like that documentary just like opened my eyes and how much work went into it and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I just,
1: it's, a, it's a great record, like really great record. I couldn't help but f- notice <laughs> that, obviously it's quite well documented that they fell out for long yeah. periods of time. And I just felt, the scenes when they were both in the room together, it still felt quite uncomfortable. Did you pick up on that? It felt a bit uncomfortable. It really did. Like They were
2: kind of cutting... Not cutting each other off, but disagreeing with each other on on what what they thought about at the time. Definitely. Um, I went to watch them, actually, in Cardiff Arena uh, last year, and it was just one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Really? Yeah, you couldn't tell that there was
1: animosity on stage. It was just great. But that can sometimes... You know, Absolute. that's that's the Morrissey and my Mo you yeah, know it's yeah. the, it does kind of fire it up sometimes. Yeah, You it?
2: know, it's, uh, there's a lot to be said about kind of anger adding yeah. adding tension and you know you, you, that energy spills off into the crowd and you can you know you can
1: it, it, it can make a gig. You know. Yeah. So aside from um, Tears for Fears, was there like music on at home growing up?
2: Yeah, but my mum was never into like all kind of. Uh, like alternative music really um there was just you know quite a lot of pop around and stuff um yeah I've, i like I, when i kind of got into music myself i had to go back and like teach myself not, not teach myself but like uh, you know i was i was really into music so I, i'd buy enemy and melody maker and select magazine and stuff and then go back through and just find fans that, you know, finding out about the Kinks. Yeah. No one had ever played it to me before, you yeah. know. And stuff like that. But yeah, it was mainly a lot of pop around Yeah. When I was, but was you up. into that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. I mean, now it's just nostalgic, isn't it? You mm. grow up and you're like, Oh, I remember my mum dancing around to that, you know. Yeah.
1: It's great. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm just going to get something out of my bag, which I bought before I got on the train to come down here today. And it's Classic Pop magazine about oh, all nice. that 80s pop moments. So Thank I've been you. having a nostalgia uh, trip about uh, classic 80s pop all the way down here. Lovely.
2: <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's quite a lot of tours around where you've got a lot of those bands playing like, together, haven't you? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, if you want to go down like for a
2: memory lane, go for a stroll down memory lane then.
1: Well, that's interesting, because what's your take on nostalgia uh, and bands? Like, for instance, I've gone to and absolutely lost my mind with joy to the Lemonheads playing Shame About Ray, Pixies coming over doing Doolittle, James Addiction playing Ritual. You know, all of them gigs for me are just a moment where it takes me back and I love it. What's your thoughts on nostalgia in music and bands doing things I like mean, that?
2: I mean, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a wonderful thing to kind of appreciate the past and where you've come from. And, you know, as soon as you make records and you put them out, they kind of belong to other people. And people make their own memories up yeah. with them. Um, and so to go and play those albums in full... It means a lot for the people that have yeah. attached those memories to them and you know I've, I've, I, did, I went to watch Idlewild do like Hundred oh. Broken Windows like from start to finish and it was like it took me back to being 13, 14 years yeah. old again you know and like that's a that's a beautiful thing you know yeah. it's escapism I think it yeah, just totally. takes you back to, uh, to uh, a time when you were slightly thinner with uh, more hair <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> i can know all sprinkles. about that mate <laughs> <laughs> a lot more hair in the 80s as well I think. <laughs>
1: So, um, hearing shout, what what would that emotion have been? I've, I I don't know. It's just there's something about the
2: tone of his voice because it's very it's very flat. But it's, well, it's it's not flat. It's it's there's just like a a sense of sorrow in his voice. There's something about it, and yeah. I yeah. I, and now I, it's just like a call to
1: arms, isn't it? Yeah. I just stood there with my imagining I'm on the cliff. You know? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh wonderful Um, so whereabouts was this where was you born
2: Uh, I was born in Devon Uh, I grew up in a town called Newton Abbott which is um, in between Torquay and Exeter Um, yeah it's it's it's, a it's an interesting place okay (laughs) yeah
1: so you went to school there I went to school
2: there yeah and then I went to college in Exeter and that's where I met Joe
1: yeah our our singer yeah yes well What's the song that reminds you of, of school? That's, that's track three, Dave.
2: Uh, that would be Super Furry Animals, something for the weekend. Okay. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, I remember watching Big Breakfast. This would have been like 95 or 96. And they used to have like little segments uh, going in and out of the adverts where that's they'd just right. play like 15, 20 seconds of a song. Yeah. And I just remember that riff coming in. And I was like, the fuck is this? This is amazing. <laughs> like this is a time when I was just, like I said, discovering music for myself yeah. and yeah, I went out and bought Fuzzy Logic like later that afternoon. Yeah. And yeah, that that remind like that out that, that band have soundtracked like uh, most of my life to be honest. Yeah. I still love them as much now as I did when I was 11, 12, you know. Yeah,
1: they're incredible. They right? are incredible.
2: Like, they're just so interesting and odd, and they were just, you know, outsiders.
1: And, and super fucking cool.
2: Yeah. I fucking, you know, just Griff's like, just a very, very, very cool, strange man. Yeah. And, yeah, I just wanted to kind of, yeah, he's just one of those guys that you were like, I, I want to be you,
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... So how was how was school?
2: School, it was. Uh, yeah, it was kids. I uh, I had a good time. I, I was, uh, you know, I played a lot of football when I was a when I was a kid. So I was kind of caught in between, like <laughs> this kind of laddie jock culture, mm. and also just being like the indie boy who went home and listened to Spiritualized yeah. and stuff. You know, <laughs> it's like very, very, very weird. To, like I never like. There's a lot of kind of Jock culture that I kind of didn't connect with. Um, You know, the the toxic masculinity side. You know, it was... um, Yeah, it was a very, very weird time. But I love playing football. So, like, I did a lot of that and, you know, went to gigs as well. Yeah. Yeah. But generally, school was pretty fun. So, if you... Was you playing music at school? I picked up a bass when I was about fourteen and just went for a few lessons, but I like, never really played in bands or anything. Yeah, yeah, just kind of did it for my own own enjoyment, really. Was you a creative kid though? No, uh, in parts, yeah, but not particularly. I, I focused like so much on um, on football so I, I, you know, I played to quite a good level. Um, until I kind of, music took over and then yeah. started to like delve into the more creative side of life when yeah, I was yeah. about 15,
1: 16. So what did you want to be when you was at school? Rock star, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rock star that could kick a ball.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, I just, I just always wanted to be in a band and I'd just look at bands touring the world and seeing, see it's like, you know, seeing bands do the Glastonbury's and stuff, you'd be like, I, f- I really want to fucking do that. Yeah. And I still do, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, you've done it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's literally just fulfilling a childhood dream. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, just before we sort of pick up on, on, on the formation of the band and stuff and things like that, you just mentioned Glastonbury. How was that? Because for, for someone that sat there on the TV, I had tears rolling in their eyes like so many other men I know. Yeah. That it just blew them away.
2: It was, f- like, it was fucking terrifying, like, going on. Because we, like... We'd, we'd said is about, you know, when you're kind of like forming and you, you know, you've played your second gig and you're like, all these pipe dreams. And you're like, oh, you know, when we play Glastonbury, uh, what stage do you want to play? And all that. And we were like, you know, we always said, because we've been going there for years and years and years. Um, we'd seen some of our favourite ever gigs at, at the Park Stage. And we would always said that we wanted to play as the sun's going down at the park stage Friday night before everyone gets too messed up. Yeah. And that's the slot we got to play. And so like it was it was absolutely amazing. Like yeah. I, I was just into like walking out on stage and hearing that crowd just like just welled up instantly. Yeah. It was beautiful.
1: Oh what a moment man. And then and, and yeah, it was, it was a joyous thing to watch as well, mate. Yeah, it really was.
2: Yeah, I was, I was just looking round and, like, you know, our partners were there on the side and, like, they're all crying and our managers are crying and our booking agent, she's crying. And we're just looking round and there's just, like, people I'd never seen before in my life. And I'm like, why the fuck are they crying? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is, what the fuck's going on, you know? It's, yeah, it's fucking weird. But beautiful, man. There was, oh, lot, it was, brilliant. there was a lot of emotion in that, in that show. Yeah, it was, it was magic.
1: Wonderful. Thank
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombuscom
1: slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, for track four Dev. the first song you remember buying from a record shop?
2: Uh, that would be Gene for the Dead. Um, it's the first ever track I bought with my own money on CD. First ever CD I remember buying anyway. That's a good one, mate. It was a good tune, yeah. Yeah, yeah. beautiful song.
1: Um, beautiful voice. Yeah, stunning. Was um, it
2: Martin Rossiter? Yeah, yeah.
1: I was, I was really lucky to get to have him on here. Um, oh, really? Do you know what? He was one of the people that I was desperate to speak to because I, I loved Gene. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he was quite reclusive, and uh and, and obviously he still has, plays, doesn't he? He's doing his last. He's announced one gig, which is the last gig he ever does. Really, uh, um, Shepherds Bush. And uh, but he'd done like a solo album and played a couple of gigs. But yeah, ha- like he's a teacher, music teacher, uh, okay. at Brighton. And uh, and I was literally I'd, I'd done a live podcast um, in London, and I walked out of the the, the 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 sort of area into the bar, and I was just chatting to this, this 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 girl that listens to one of the podcasts, and she was like, "What musician would you really like to speak to?" I said, "It's a bit of a weird one, but Martin Rossiter from Jane." But I said, "Like he's just really reclusive." Finished the conversation, went to go for a piss as I walked out the door. Martin Russiter from Gene was standing there. There we go. And I was like, scared the living shit out of him because I was like, oh my fucking God. I was like, mate, I've been talking about it and like, obviously I just sort of out all this stuff going mate you've got to do it and he was like yeah yeah, yeah cool yeah, 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 right, no worries like, <laughs> yeah, please leave off. me alone yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. but yeah went down to Brighton and sat with him and he was an, an absolute delight but, um, that's the
2: stars aligning you know that's like, that was meant like to happen that, it really
1: felt <laughs> like that But so Gene for the dead do yeah. you remember where you bought it uh,
2: I bought it in our price in Newton Abbott yeah, yeah oh. it was a stunning track I can't remember where I, I, I must have heard it on the radio or something yeah. you know and yeah, just something about that tune. It's, it's great when it kicks in. It's like yeah. got this, it's very mournful, but it's got this swagger to it as yeah. well. Like it's a fucking stunning tune.
1: Nice. So around this point, this is obviously what, 94, 5, 6?
2: Yeah, around that time. yeah. So how old were you when you
1: left? When did you leave school, been, in what year? I
2: would have been ten in '94. So right. That's when that's when Oasis started breaking and stuff, and like they were the, they were one of the bands that kind of turned me on to guitar music and stuff. Um, yeah, and just all of that, the Britpop stuff that was
1: around, and yeah. So how was that? sort of like ten or eleven, because I'm I'm old as fuck. So I, I was like sort of nineteen twenty. So. You oh, could I could actually go I, to I could the go gigs. to the gigs yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. and like, and, it, and it felt like something very exciting was happening you know in the country with the what was perceived as new labor before yeah, that yeah. All, but it did feel like a very exciting time uh, but how was sort of experiencing that sort of thing as a, as a, as a young man because that's at 10 years old, like, you know, buying like Super Furries and Gene, yeah. that's, uh, that's cool shit to be listening to at yeah. such a young age.
2: Well, well, uh, you know, just there, there were certain things that I kind of just heard around and about, and then I'd ask my, my mum and whatever to say, like, what's, what's this? And then she'd find out, and then yeah. we'd go and search it out, and she'd buy me, like, all these compilations. And I, re- I just remember she was like, she was like, oh, I, do, I, I, was like I really want, the Park Life album by Blair she's like oh, you you don't want to buy albums by artists you want to buy compilations because then you get loads of stuff and yeah. I was like yeah that's not true though is it <laughs> like, but I really like that I really want to listen to it and yeah. yeah when I finally started you know working a part time job when yeah. I was like 12 or whatever I could go and buy albums for myself yeah and yeah it was uh, yeah it was interesting just because you know you don't have... You You feel like you're the only person in the world that's listening to it because you're 10 years old and there isn't, like... You know, they don't have alternative youth clubs. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> Where you're going down and, you know, hanging out with people, talking about the Smiths or whatever. Yeah. You know, so you just kind of... You just find it in your own way, and you think that you're the only person in the world that listens to this kind of music. Yeah. And Did you like, feel like that? Did you feel yeah, like a bit yeah. different
1: from like around from the other people you've yeah, grown up with? Yeah, you know, with?
2: when everyone else is listening to like fucking Out Here, Brothers, and stuff, yeah. and I'm like just sat in the back listening to a Different Class or whatever. Yeah. You know? you, f- you know, because you do feel different, and yeah. you, you know that's 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 kind of what indie, you know, all kind of, like indie at the time was like kind of se- a lot of it was celebrating the outsider. And you kind of feel that you're you're a part of this thing that isn't, yeah. you know, in the mainstream.
1: It's a nice place to be, isn't it? Yeah, it's
2: great. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> it means that we don't watch Love Island every night, you know? <laughs> exactly, mate.
1: <laughs> Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. And so, you started playing bass? Yes. And so, no bands until (coughs) when?
2: Uh, I started a band with one of my best mates called Jordan, who's in a band called Moriarty now. We had a a band at college called The Fume Room, and it was fucking awful. Do you know what?
1: (laughs) Every time... Any guest I've had on here says the name of their first band, they generally say it was awful and yeah. then laugh like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: You, look, you look back and you just say, like, it was just an excuse for us to, like, Jordan, Jordan, uh, his, his parents owned this uh, hotel down in Painton, and he had this sort of room that, you know, was just set up. He drunk yeah. it in there, bass amp, um, guitar amp, and we used to go down. But it was just an excuse for us to take speed and smoke yeah. bongs, you know? Like, uh, yeah, we went. Weren't the, weren't the most technically proficient band in the world, but it was fun, you know? It's just getting together and making yeah. music with your mates. And,
1: and they are really exciting times when you first start messing around in a room with your mates with instruments yeah. and, and stuff like that. It's like, uh, you know, it's, even though like, a lot of the time these little moments never really come to a lot, but they're fucking important times, aren't yeah, they?
2: Yeah, they, they, you know, you learn a lot about yourself Yeah, and, you know, your tastes and, uh, you know... What, what you want to do with your life, are formed in those yeah. in those moments.
1: You, you know? wanted to play the park stage, right? Yeah, I wanted to play the park stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's if, all to be played for at that age as well, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's all ahead of you, and it's like, oh, it's fucking exciting.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. You know, that was like that was just when like there was the the kind of I, t- I don't know what what do they call it now? Like the early two thousands rock rock and roll when you know hives and strokes yeah. and stuff. I, I, whatever mm. people call it. And that was like kind of what we were were using as influence, you know, like white stripes and stuff like mm. that. So it was uh, it was it was an exciting time to listen to like rock yeah. music again, you know.
1: Yeah, there was no name for that scene, was there? wasn't there?
2: no. It's it's very kind of just early two thousands. Yeah. indie. <laughs> um someone in the enemy probably really tried to put a yeah, on it, you I know, guarantee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and so you then go to uni? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then so how does bands start happening when you get to uni? So
2: me, uh so Joe and I kind of like, we just ended up going to the same uni, we didn't realise we were going. Um and then in like our second or third year he got this DJ gig in a place in town called the Elbow Rooms from our friend Luca. Um, and he asked if I wanted to kind of do it with him so we started DJing together and then after three or four months he was like, should we just start a band? I was like, fuck yeah and then we kind of, he'd come around to my house and I had this like little shitty drum machine slash every pedal under the sun digital box so we just like put a beat on and I'd play like Staring at the Sun by TV on the radio and he'd just be screaming his head off over the top of it, you know, it's like Yeah, that was uh, the very early formative days of trying to make music together. It was great, you know, it was was so much fun at the time.
1: So you mentioned um, the club. So if I was to ask you for track five, Dev, what song soundtrack your years in Clubland?
2: In Clubland would be, uh, there's a lot, but I think one that really summed it up at the time from, from what, we were listening to and enjoying going out to would be Justice We Are Your Friends yeah. like all of that French Filter House and um, Kitsune uh, Maison Records Ed and, and Ed Banger and yeah. stuff you know we were we were like really quite into that yeah. all of the uh, I fucking hate this term but new rave stuff you know yeah. like Clactons were exciting at the time Late the Pier all oh. of that kind of stuff yeah. you know like that was kind of what we were yeah. digging and that's what we were playing out and you know, we met Bowen um, through uh, DJ, and he was doing like harder techno and like really into like the kind of deep French stuff as well. Um, and Joe and Bowen uh, were kind of DJing together at various nights, and then we kind of he came, you know, put the put the decks down and picked the guitar up, you know. Wonderful. Yeah, but yeah, that 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 was a very exciting time. Uh, musically i think i think it's it doesn't get enough credit for 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 what it's done in kind of pop culture as well you know you've you've got like you know daft punk all over kanye's records and you know or a lot of the stuff now just it just reeks of the, the French filter house Massively. stuff from back in the day, you know? Massively. Thankfully, it doesn't smell like methadrone as much as <laughs> like everyone else did at the time because everyone was walking around stinking a cat piss. It was fucking
1: horrible. Amazing. Um, what would you have wanted from clubbing, Dev?
2: I just, like, I never, I, like, I've never really been a big clubber. I've more been into bands and stuff, but that side of stuff, like, kind of made me go, like, you know, I went to Fabric a few times and stuff, and I just, like, there's a, there's, there's a disconnect, and I kind of, I get a bit bored when I'm just stood there, like, in a club, like, dancing, and I don't have a focus to kind of put my attention on, which is why I kind of prefer, like, bands and, like, live music and you know Soulwax wax doing the yeah. night versions yeah. i found much more exciting than just going and watching a dj you know
1: yeah do do you think some of that is because uh, around the time that you're clubbing and stuff was you was you already sort of running clubs and stuff yeah, like that we, as well?
2: yeah 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 we we were running like kind of indie nights that weren't playing you know fratellis yeah. <laughs> you know we were playing like stuff that we would listen to at home yeah but.
1: and and so do you think that kind of be, being you know promoting events and later going on to sort of manage clubs and venues and stuff um, do you think sort of seeing behind the curtain of it kind of has, has took anything away from going to a club and just enjoying it
2: uh, possibly I mean it, yeah I'm not to talking live
1: bands I'm talking mainly like sort of going to a club club, and
2: club nights Yeah. I mean it's, it's it's just, for me, it was just an excuse to <laughs> more go and take loads of drugs than it was to listen to the music, you know? Because yeah. it's like, I was that was where I was at, at the time, you know? And I've not been to a club for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. You know? I'm pretty old now. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it, maybe it did take away from it, you know? I think, you know, was when you work in an area where you're finishing work at three or four o'clock in the morning going out for a night out to a club standing in a room till five six in the morning doesn't sound that appealing you know yeah
1: totally yeah um okay um favourite song from an artist from your home county for track six please this
2: was quite a tough one but I kind of had to google famous musicians from Devon yeah (laughs) um yeah, I went with Coldplay Shiver. I think I think a lot of people hate on Coldplay because it's easy to hate on Coldplay. Um and to those people I say you are completely wrong those first two records <laughs> are fucking stunning. Um just really well crafted g- well crafted music, you know. Yeah. And Shiver um just just just
1: beautiful, you know. It's a lovely record. It Shiver. really is. Um I saw them, did you see them live in the early years?
2: I saw them when they, I think the first time I saw them was when they headlined Glastonbury in 2001 or 2002. And it was like just before they released Russia Blood to the head. And then I saw them at another, I think it might be V Festival or something, at the end of that summer. Yeah. Once the album had come out or or they'd released a few singles. And the difference in that live show was just like stunning but they were a fucking great band
1: yeah like, really it is easy to hate Coldplay yeah
2: it's just it's just that kind of oh uh, wet you know wet yeah. music you know it's like yeah but it's it's good you know there's a place yeah. for it there's a time and a place for everything and like they were fucking good at what they did yeah
1: like the, 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 the times I saw on, on them early albums I'm, I'm not massively into what they've done no, like later no, on no, it's, no, it's no. not no, really no. sort of doing a lot for me but them early albums like they, that they met, and, and seeing them live back then they, they he was a fucking great front yeah, man. And supported by world as well, bu- yeah, bizarrely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, brilliant. Um, uh,
2: I, it's it's just, like I said, it's just easy easy to hate on Coldplay. Yeah. But, but I don't think it's fair. Yeah. You know, it's just because they're popular. You know, for some reason, yeah. like popularity just means yeah. that more people can have a pop at you. You, know? you get
1: into Bono territory where people don't like you just because you're Bono. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so... How do things start to sort of move from you, two men and the drum machine?
2: So we met, um, yeah, we met Bowen um, and Sorry he he joined that, yeah. up and we started practicing with a, with a few drummers at the start. Um, and we actually had a guy called John Harper who was uh, Cooper Temple Clause's old drummer. He teaches in Bristol and he kind of came down and like drummed for us for a little bit and then he was busy because he's a teacher at a music university and he ended up kind of being like well i i can't do it anymore but i've got this guy called john (laughs) and then john came down as this like you know 18 year old boy shitting himself because we're (laughs) we're the older boys you know and like he came down and he was just like just started playing and you know he can actually play his fucking instrument you know (laughs) um so yeah it was just like kind of us as a 4 piece for a little bit um and one of our best mates Andy was uh traveling Australia at the time um but we really wanted him to join the band because he's one of our best mates you know um and then we sent him a song and he came back from Australia and joined the band yeah that was the that was the uh, the original lineup yeah yeah and
1: was uh, well, clearly you was obviously all quite driven uh
2: yeah like we 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 wanted to do it, but we didn't know how to do it you know we yeah. we we learnt a lot at the start and um you know we we made a lot of mistakes, but that's kind of what you need to do at that that period in time you know that's you what you learn from yeah exactly exactly yeah. but yeah we we always wanted to you know we always had had a drive to not just playing Bristol, we wanted to get out, we wanted to play Europe, we wanted to play in... You know, we yeah. we always had these goals, but you've just yeah. got to do these, like, little steps to get there, you know? You yeah. can't just do this great big fucking leap and yeah. go out and, you know, play play in Europe or whatever it is you yeah. want to do, you know?
1: So what's, what's, what's left on the bucket list? Because you've done... You, you've played the Park Stage, mate. You, yeah. You, you know, you've done some fucking incredible things and made some great music. Yeah,
2: um, I mean, Ali Pali as well, it's like, you know, that was... Yeah, it was mad. But like, I don't think we kind of. It was our management team who were like, yeah, it was, It was. was. I think it was going to be like Brixton or something, which yeah. is mad enough in itself. And then they were like, no, it's going to be Ali Pali. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you, are you, how high are you right now, guys? Yeah. You know? But um, yeah, it was fucking magic. But I don't know. You know, we're going to South America in a couple of weeks, yeah. which is like a dream to play over yeah. there as well. Um, it'd be great to go back to Japan more and do some more stuff over there but yeah I don't know you know you just all of this stuff is just like fucking magic and yeah. it's a bonus you know it's yeah. a bonus so yeah I don't really know I don't know
1: well I think everyone that's going to be listening to this is going to be very excited to see where it goes because people fucking love your band man
2: yeah we've um, we've got the like the best fans of the world you know yeah. very very supportive people and yeah, I'm just yeah. I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. You know, yeah. we all do to be able to do this as a job. You know, yeah. and be able to make music that we love. You know, and just tour the world with our mates. You know, it's fucking magic. It's a dream, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. It really is.
1: <laughs> all right, Dev. Um, the last song, mate, is for track seven. You get to you get to play DJ. Um, and you DJ. get to turn someone on to a bit of music that they may not know that you want them to hear
2: so this is a band from Germany called Utenes um, and I, th- I think I'm going to pronounce this wrong but the track is Verbracht I would have gone with that yeah I think th- that's alright <laughs> I think that's okay um, we played a show in Weisbaden in Germany somewhere in Germany I think it was Weisbaden And they supported us. And, you know, they were like, they went on stage, like young guys, looked great. Um, Everything went wrong for them. Their bass amp went down, the guitar went down. uh, But they just were, there's just something about them. You know, when you just hear a band and you're like, I fucking love this. Yeah. And all the tracks are in German. I've fuck all knowledge about what they're singing about, but they're just great. Like yeah. it's it's just like real aggressive, post punk, which is kind of yeah right up my right up my strasser. And yeah. Side, uh, side <laughs> Germany, <you know? laughs>
1: so do you still sort of um, have much sort of sort of say over like tour supports and things like that? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, we're we're so fortunate to be kind of in a position where we get to choose, you know, um, and we, we you know the idea is that we create you know we curate these nights that are you know that are going to be interesting and great for for the for the for the people that are coming you know i think you can give um, a lot of credit a lot more credit to uh, the audience now not everyone just listens to one dr- genre of music yeah. you know you can you can put on whatever you like because people generally have quite a broad taste in music yeah. you know that's why we put on like a, you know giant swan uh, ali pali because mm-hmm. You know why wouldn't you put on two shirtless guys with a bank of pedals playing nosebleed techno? Yeah. at
1: seven o'clock in the evening. You know, <laughs> it just made sense to us. You know? Of course it did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what's coming up apart from South America? So we
2: got South America. We're, getting, we're doing Coachella, and then we're off to Mexico, um, and yeah, we've just got kind of a lot of a lot of uh, touring that's starting to happen again. You know, nice. we're just starting to build up for the next record. Um, so yeah there's going to be a lot more things being announced as and when exciting
1: yeah UK festivals
2: yeah we're doing Reading and Leeds Um, yeah I'm I'm not really sure you know until it's all set in stone and it comes into the the Master Tour app that we have that tells you what time you've got to be awake in the morning (laughs) you know I yeah I don't know I don't know
1: well I wish you all the best of it because it's been amazing seeing what's happened with your band. Thank you. It's um, been,
2: it's been a, like, yeah, a dream, you know.
1: And thanks loads for giving up your time today, mate. My
2: really pleasure. Thank it. you for coming down.
1: There you go. An absolute gent. Um, made me feel really, really welcome um, when I got to the venue. And just a, a, a top lad. like A really nice guy. And super easy to chat to. Um, and I hope that come across in the, in the podcast, and I hope you've got as much enjoyment listening to that as as um as I did recording it. Um thanks once more to Dev for, for his time and thanks ever so much to you lot for listening. And as mentioned at the beginning, please go and have a um look in the, the, the back catalogue. And if you enjoyed it, give it a like, love, share, retweet, and, and all that, all that malarkey, and uh yeah, and tell your pals to have a listen. Um and if you don't want to miss out on any future episodes, if you click subscribe. Then uh, you won't miss any of them. So thanks ever so much, and uh, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye. Oh yeah, sorry, I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean in the first edition there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, there's features on Jade Adams and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also Spotify have given us these amazing little codes so if you do get a print copy you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone Scan the little code and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online. Because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com. It's off the Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50